Just a quick correction, because I tend to do this a lot. I'm a little dyslexic. The actual title of the movie was Reign of Judges, Title of Liberty, and you'll understand in a moment. Mahalo. Aloha. Welcome to Real People, Real Lives podcast. This is Stephanie Colvin, and I am your host, Thank you so much for returning, and if you're new, welcome. We have a few announcements on this episode. I wanted to start off with The Oath. This is a movie about the Book of Mormon. It can be found on Angel Studios, and if you're familiar with that app and you have an active subscription, that means that you're part of the Angels Guild. If you're part of the Angels Guild, please jump onto the Angel Studios app. Go and find The Oath. This is a movie about our heroic, fierce, courageous, and man, did he does he love the Lord, Moroni. It's a fantastic production done by Darren Southam, who goes by Darren Scott, and um, they actually were able to get Billy Zane to play the king. Um, it's a great production with people who have award-winning experience in the movie film industry. And Darren Southam has been working on this. It was originally called Reign of Lib- Liberty, Title of Judges. And I have been following him, uh, donating and supporting this cause for over five years. And we are hoping to get this movie made. Um, so there are investors across the board, small and large. And if you can jump onto the Angels Studio app, if you're not currently a member and you want to see this movie made and support an opportunity to have a movie about the Book of Mormon, which would be a great missionary tool, please jump on there. There is a 10-minute clip you can watch about the film and then vote. They call it Lumens. So you're shedding light into the world or do you not want it to shed light into the world? So you would vote yes or no. You also have an opportunity to give feedback to the director, uh, the producers, and people involved with the film. So please support them. I'm not sure how much time they have left on the Angels Guild. Um, They have been hovering at 40%, and if they're at 40%, they move to the next stage. They've been falling um, anywhere between 42 and 38% is my understanding, as there are people that do not want to see this movie made. Uh, There's a lot of people who are against the Book of Mormon and say that it's false doctrine. And uh, so they've paid as well to make sure this movie is not made. So if you want to support it, please jump on there. And if you have any questions, email me at ldsrealpeoplerealives, plural, at gmail.com, and I can get the information over to you. Um, But it's a great opportunity to support this movie and to push the uh, doctrine of Jesus Christ through the Book of Mormon. Um, in a way that can be acceptable to people across the aisle. So it's a, it's a great opportunity. Um, I also wanted to touch on the passing of Sister Patricia Holland. Um, she passed away and her services are actually in a couple of days, this Friday, July 28th at 11 a.m. local time held at the conference center. She was 81 years old and passed away peacefully. I believe that she, before this, had... Um, contracted or came down with COVID-19, but I'm not sure if that played a role in it. 
Um, she was a former young women's general president, raised and grew up in a community, I believe in New Mexico, um, who was very faithful. The community there, like she couldn't get away with anything. Everybody was very faithful and Christian and involved. Um, so she had a wonderful upbringing. Elder Holland has said this about his wife's undying devotion to him and his love for Christ. Quote, she literally put me through school while she continued to go and had walked away from a musical career to come home and marry me. I cannot overstate the incredible gift that a companion can give to another. End quote. She is so inspirational. Please go to the churchofjesuschrist.org website. There's an announcement there and you can read more about our sweet, dear Sister Holland. Um, and I wanted to share more about her. And this is her character and who she is. A servant of Christ always. We love you, Sister Holland, and thank you for being a fierce woman in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, please pray for Elder Holland as he grieves the loss of his dear beloved temporarily here on earth. And her son, Matt, is actually a general authority in the 70 right now. And he said this about her, um, that at the family dinner table conversations are among his fondest childhood memories. Quote, every night was a kind of family home evening filled with laughter, compliments, encouragement, interesting conversation, testimony, and expressions of love, he said. At a worldwide devotional for young adults earlier this year, and believe you me, Sister Holland, you could always feel the love from her, especially for the young adults, and the youth. And she said this during a broadcast from her native home of St. George, and she offered to young adults a simple approach to the religious life. She said, please have faith in God and hope that he will help you and receive the charity that enables him to work through you to accomplish what only you can do. You can't get these blessings by chasing them. Please stop running to the point of exhaustion be quiet, be still, simplify, be meek and lowly of heart and pray. I testify that miracles will come when we slow down, when we calm down and when we kneel down. All that the Father has, has can one day be yours. What a truly hopeful way to face your future. Thank you, Sister Holland. And I think this can be said for all of us. We love you so much and we will see you again. Elder Eyring teaches us that the Savior knows that all of Heavenly Father's children yearn for peace, and he said that he could give it to us. So many wonderful promises from people who serve the Lord and do so faithfully. I neglected to mention the update on the temples. We have so many exciting things going on. It truly is the ongoing restoration of Jesus Christ's gospel and church. Uh, Bakersfield, California, the temple site, it will be built on a 13-acre site located at the northwest corner of Stockdale Highway and Juetta Avenue in Bakersfield for my California listeners. Uh, they say the plans call for a single-story temple that's going to be about 30,000 square feet. Uh, there will be a distribution center there, which is so cool, and a brand new meeting house. California currently has about 12 houses of the Lord, along with Bakersfield. And um, a temple was recently announced for San Jose by President Nelson. 
in April of 23 this year during conference. There are lots of temples in use and under construction in California, including the Fresno, Los Angeles locations, Modesto, Newport Beach, Oakland, Redlands, Sacramento, San Diego, and Yorba Linda, California temples. The Feather River, California temple will be dedicated on October 8th of this year by Elder Suarez of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So we have a lot of exciting things going on here in California. And then um, if you go to the newsroom.churchofjesuschrist.org, you can see a brand new rendering of the Cleveland, Ohio Temple. Um, the artist that drew it is absolutely talented, and it is it fits the landscape. And this is what I love about what the church does, is that they build these temples that fit the region and the area, and they truly are places of heaven on earth. This month, I have not really decided on a name for this episode, so um, I'm not going to be announcing it right yet, but I wanted to talk about repentance a little bit and joy. Yesterday, uh, which was July 25th, I believe, it was a Tuesday and I was traveling home and we had an experience with my husband and his mind. Um, for those of you who are new to my podcast and um, are unfamiliar with our situation, we do deal with extreme mental illness in our home, uh, specifically OCD, high anxiety, and BDD. My husband was, for all intents and purposes, born this way. Uh, his parents would describe him as being a worry wart and someone who was just constantly stressed out as a child. Um, so yesterday, as we were coming home, I had to change the time that we were going to leave just to an hour later to accommodate my daughter-in-law who had a job interview spring up at the last minute. Unfortunately, um, that change for somebody who has OCD can seem like a uh, nightmare, an absolute catastrophe because they have everything dialed in for that day. And that's why OCD can be so vicious. Uh, for those of us who live our lives and have experience, we know that our days typically do not roll out the ways that we believe or think or have them planned to be. Um, that's how my life is, and I have to be extremely flexible. Um, he cannot be flexible, unfortunately. So yesterday was a very trying, long day of traveling in the car, lots of construction, four and a half hours of being in close proximity with somebody who had a very difficult time and was experiencing a high anxiety OCD episode. Um, so it was traumatic for him. It was traumatic for me and it was traumatic for our marriage. Uh, we're really struggling right now to come together and figure out the best path for us to overcome, you know, some of our challenges. We both deal with uh, anger problems. We both deal with, uh, we're, we're exhausted from just the simple nature of our relationship and the demands of it um, because the mental illness does play a huge role. It's like a big pink elephant in the middle of us and it's constant. Um, and I share this with you because as you know, I want to be able to share my life and how I use the gospel of Jesus Christ to reconcile the heart that is given to us, whether it's our fault, someone else's fault, 
or Heavenly Father has placed it there so that we can learn a particular lesson. And um, I'm not perfect at it, but I do stick to the faith. And that's the reason why I share it is to help anyone else who is going through faith crises and hard times. Um, Yesterday, I had a very hard conversation with my Heavenly Father, and I was very upset. I don't know what He expects from me. I am extremely overwhelmed, and I am doing everything under the sun that I'm supposed to do, that I'm taught to do, from medication to therapy to supplements to having, you know, regular time with my husband and um, just trying to rebuild our relationship in a way that is a blessing to him and to me and the rest of our family. And that can be very hard when you have a vicious mental illness. And so this is why we cling to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for he is the one that gives us peace in the midst of all of this chaos. And, um, joy was taken there was no joy to be found at all I had the hardest time when I finally got home um, and this went on for a good 10 hours yesterday because that's just it's simply mental illness and um, it was hard I felt like I had my mind was absolute mush afterwards I was exhausted and tired and I just could not think it was just way too much And so that's when I had that conversation with Heavenly Father through prayer because I strongly believe in the power of prayer. And I know that He knows me. He knows who I am. He knows my strengths and weaknesses. And I have to be myself when I talk to Him. I have to vent to Him. I cannot keep talking to the people that are in my family. They're tired of hearing about it. And I don't blame them. I'm tired of living it. And so is my husband. I mean, even in the midst of all this, he's still an innocent victim of his mind and this is really hard sometimes for me to reconcile so last night you know I was supposed to bring home my grandson I hadn't seen him for a few weeks really missed him was looking forward to bringing him back I had all these plans to go to the beach the weather here is absolutely perfect the water is just perfect temperature you can see through it and I was looking so forward to being able to take him out in the water, build sand castles, and just create those core memories with him um, to give him a life that's different than what his parents give him and to give him a grandma experience, you know? Grandparents are awesome. I had awesome grandparents, and I want to give him the same experience, love, support, and memories. I want to be close to him, and I could not bring him back home. And I was devastated because I had gone there to pick him up. Um, Oftentimes, the mental illness interferes with my life, with my plans and my joy, my happiness, and what I'm looking to do. But after I get over it, and it takes me some time, I remember everything that I read and taught that the Spirit helps me to recall that is important for that situation and circumstance and this is the beauty of the gospel of jesus christ is that the lord truly tends to us in our set of circumstances and at our level he's not trying to be mystical and he's not trying to confuse us he wants to be simple keep things basic 
because he knows how things can be for us. We are in fallen bodies. We are fallen nature. And I do believe that Christ's heart bleeds for us. He knows what we're going through and he, his heart bleeds for us. And all he wants to do is help. How many times do you think that the Holy Ghost has been there tending to you and trying to get you to hear him, but you're not hearing for some reason? So like yesterday, I couldn't hear past the anxiety, the anger, the hurt, the pain, the suffering of all of it. I couldn't hear anything. And, uh, Once I'm able to finally get some time and peace and get away from the situation, I'm grateful for the mercy that my Savior gives to me and to feel the Spirit once again, who always, always tends to me because I was baptized and given this gift. And I practice repentance. Repentance is so key to being alive and being human because we do so many stupid, dumb things. It is just our nature. We are going to transgress and sin and make mistakes. And repentance gives us freedom from all of that. Our Savior came here and walked this earth so that we could be made free. All we must do is turn to him and repent. So that's what I did last night. It's a humbling process because whenever I go into it and I'm still upset, it doesn't ever work. Or I still have a little bit of pride left, doesn't ever work. But if I go in humbly and meekly and I repent, I have a conversation with my Heavenly Father and I discuss it with Him. I have, I wrestle with Him. I have a discussion with Him and I submit to him that's when the blessings of repentance come and that freeing that freedom is given to me as a reward for my effort there's nothing wrong with looking at the gospel as being a reward based gospel because when we choose the right we are rewarded and I'm grateful for this knowledge repentance is a freedom of the weight of guilt, of transgression, of sin, and Christ truly wants to take us that away from us. Repentance leads us to joy. And I wanted to share this talk from Elder Craig C. Christensen. He is part of the 70 and he spoke at the last general conference in April of this year. And his talk is called, There Can Be Nothing So Exquisite and Sweet As Was My Joy. Repenting daily and coming unto Jesus Christ is the way to experience joy. Joy beyond our imagination. I want you to think of a time that you have repented and you felt that weight, that burden lifted off your shoulders, your back, your nerves, your mind. Remember the sweet, exquisite experience of Jesus Christ saving you and wanting to save you because this is what he does. Elder Christensen goes on to say, throughout his mortal ministry, the Savior showed 
great compassion for all of God's children, especially for those who were suffering or had fallen away. Um, this brings to mind for me a picture that I came across on Instagram of, it was a close-up picture of a little lamb, like a baby lamb. And then in the background was a blurred picture of Christ that was coming and running to this lost lamb, this lost sheep. And that picture really rammed this statement home from Elder Christensen that this is what the Savior does. He shows great compassion for all of us, especially for those who are suffering and have fallen away. When criticized by the Pharisees for associating with and eating among sinners, Jesus had responded by teaching three familiar familiar parables, which we've been reading a lot about this year. In each of these parables, he emphasized the importance of seeking out those who had strayed and the joy that is felt when they return. For example, in the parable of the lost sheep that was just shared, he said, great joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Remember, we're a big family, and Christ reminds us of this all the time. It's not a coincidence that we've been encouraged to focus on Christ. We need to be there for each other, and can we still be our brother's keeper? There is great joy that comes from repentance. More specifically, the joy that comes when we repent, the feelings of joy we experience as we invite others to come unto Christ and receive his atoning sacrifice in their lives. Is there somebody in your life that you wish that you could help them to understand the blessing that repentance is and that they can have that? And how would you share that with them to lead them to exquisite joy? Because we truly we are that we might have joy. And I forget this all the time because my mind is so focused on the heart. And so I have to be very disciplined in my mind and I cannot be disciplined in my mind without the spirit of God. And I hope that something that I share today can help you in the ways that you need it most and that the spirit can impress upon you how to help yourself because this is what God and Christ want from us. They want us to be independent and thriving and not beholden to a king. I love the counsel that comes from Christ when he encourages us in our prophets, you know, in the Book of Mormon, not to appoint a king because eventually they become power hungry. Um, so going back to the scriptures, the word joy typically means much more than passing moments of contentment or even feelings of happiness. Joy in this particular context is a godly attribute found in its fullness when we return to dwell in the presence of God. This is how I feel about creation too. God has shared with us the ability to procreate. He has shared with us the fullness of joy. Uh, He wants nothing but good for us and he wants us to see it, identify it, have an attitude of gratitude and share the beauty that is this gospel and the doctrine. 
It is more profound, elevating, enduring, and life-changing than any pleasure or comfort this world can offer. We truly were created to have joy. It is our intended destiny as children of a loving Heavenly Father. He wants to share His joy with us. Um, I think of so many things that, and scriptures that teaches us how Father and Christ want to give us everything. They want to share all that they have. They are giving kings. They are giving gods. They are servant royalty, if you get my meaning. The prophet Lehi taught that God's plan for each of us is that we might have joy. Because we live in a fallen world, enduring joy or everlasting joy often seems beyond our reach. And I feel this constantly. I'm trying to do better and be better. I have found that after living years in my situation, that I can be very negative in my thinking. And I have to correct that. And I use the gospel and my focus on Christ to correct that the best I can. Lehi continues by explaining that the Messiah came to redeem us from the fall. Because redemption by and through the Savior Jesus Christ makes joy possible. There is no other path or way to receive and obtain joy other than through Jesus Christ. And this is why it's so important that people understand who he is, what he offers, and what they can partake of. The gospel message is a message of hope. It always has been and always will be of good tidings and of great joy. And this means whereby all can experience peace and occasions of joy in this life and receive a fullness of joy in the life to come. The joy that is spoken of is a gift for the faithful, yet it comes with a price. There's always a responsibility with blessings and miracles that were given from the Lord. Joy is not cheap or casually given. Rather, it is bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So if we really understood the value of true godly joy, we would not hesitate to sacrifice any worldly possession or make any necessary life changes to receive it. A powerful but humble king in the Book of Mormon understood this. And he said, what shall I do that I may be born of God, having this wicked spirit rooted out of my breast and receive his spirit that I may be filled with joy? Behold, said he, I will give up all that I possess. Yea, I will forsake my kingdom that I may receive this great joy. He's telling you how important this is, how meaningful this is. There's no earthly payment that could compensate for the great everlasting joy that comes from being a disciple and follower of Jesus Christ. In response to the king's question, the missionary Aaron said, If thou desirest this thing, bow down before God and repent of all thy sins. Because repentance, again, is the pathway to joy, because it is the pathway that leads to our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Joy comes through sincere repentance. Some people think that repentance is the pathway to joy, and it might be... um, a blessing and it is true it is true and I'm here to testify to that but we also have some people that look at repentance as being contradictory to joy it's hard to go and confess it's hard for me to hit my knees sometimes 
and tell Heavenly Father what I've done because it's embarrassing. And yet I have to remind myself that He already knows me. He's already seen it. He knows what I am capable of. And it's okay. He still loves you. He still loves me. Repentance at times can be painful and difficult. It just depends on what the situation is, the gravity and the magnitude of the situation. Um, but repentance can be difficult because of the required admissions that need to take place. Um, that some of our thoughts and actions, uh, even some of our beliefs have been wrong. Repentance also requires change, which at times can be uncomfortable. People oftentimes don't like to be corrected. And I see this more and more on social media where people are just going to root themselves and dig their feet into the ground, right or wrong. They have to prove that they're right. Joy and comfort are not the same thing. Sin, including the sin of complacency, limits our joy. We must not be apathetic. We have to get up and do. As stated by the psalmist, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I am grateful that a day ends and we can try another day. This is a huge blessing for us. As we repent of our sins, we must focus on the great joy that follows. That's a change of heart. That's a changing within yourself for the better. The nights may seem long, but the morning does come. And oh, how exquisite is the peace and resplendent joy that we feel as the Savior's atonement frees us from sin and suffering. And that's exactly what it does. Elder Christensen goes on to say that there can be nothing so exquisite and sweet. If you consider the experience of Alma in the Book of Mormon, he was racked with eternal torment. And his soul was harrowed up because of his sins. Have you ever felt that way? But once he turned to the Savior for mercy, he could remember his pains no more. This is the freedom and the joy that the Savior offers to us. And oh, what joy he declared and what marvelous light I did behold. Yea, there can be nothing so exquisite and sweet as was my joy. This is the kind of joy that's available to those who come unto Jesus Christ through repentance. As President Nelson has taught, repentance opens our access to the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. When we choose to repent, we choose to change. We allow the Savior to transform us into the best version of ourselves, and we choose to grow spiritually and receive joy. The joy of redemption in Him. When we choose to repent, we choose to become more like Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here. Which master do you serve? I ask you questions just so that you can reflect. Repentance brings joy because it prepares our hearts to receive the sweet and tender influence of the Holy Ghost. To be filled with the Holy Ghost means to be filled with joy. And to be filled with joy means to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Our joy increases as we work daily to bring the Spirit into our lives. And you guys must have experienced this. Do not forget to write down your sweet spiritual experiences so that you can refer to them when you have troubles, when you have heart in your life, when you have doubts. Make sure that you write down these experiences to reinforce and strengthen you. President Nelson goes on to say, as taught by the prophet Mormon, Nevertheless, they did fast and pray often, did wax stronger and stronger in their humility, 
and firmer and firmer in their faith in Christ into the filling their souls with joy and consolation. You see, the Lord promises all who work to follow him, I will impart unto you my spirit, which shall enlighten your mind and which shall fill your soul with joy. Do you recall an experience where Christ has filled your soul with joy and enlightened your mind? There's also joy of helping others to repent. After we have felt that joy that repentance brings us, we can quite naturally want to share that joy with others. It's exciting. I know I have had this experience many times and I just want to get on top of the highest mountain and shout it, shout it from the rooftops and let everybody know that they can be free from the burden of sin and transgression especially because I've experienced it myself and I know that I'm not the only one that needs this. This is my glory, he said, that perhaps I may be an instrument in the hands of God to bring some soul to repentance and this is my joy. And that is Alma speaking. And behold, when I see many of my brethren truly penitent and coming to the Lord their God, then is my soul filled with joy. Then do I remember what the Lord has done for me. Yea, then do I remember his merciful arm which he extended to me. We have a great opportunity to always spread goodness and joy in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So how great is his joy in the soul that repents? Elder Christensen says, I find it helpful to try to imagine the joy the Savior must feel each time we receive the blessings of his atoning sacrifice in our lives. As cited by President Nelson, the Apostle Paul, in his epistle to the Hebrews, shared this tender insight. Lay aside every sin which doth so easily beset us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. We speak often of the pain and suffering of Gethsemane and Calvary, but seldom do we speak of the great joy the Savior must have anticipated as he offered his life for us. Clearly, his pain and his suffering were for us, each and every one of us, everyone who has been born, lived, and will be born on this earth, that we might experience the joy of returning with him to the presence of God. He goes on further to say, and this is the Savior, in you I have a fullness of joy. Okay, so Elder Christensen is teaching us that repentance leads to exquisite joy. Tying this into the experience in my life yesterday, that's all I've been doing, is repenting of my thoughts and my attitude I fell asleep at nine, woke up at two in the morning, still angry, and I had more repentance to give, more changing that needed to happen, and yet still more today. But we've finally gotten to that joy. We've finally been able to move past it. Myself, my husband, and my adult son that lives here, works here and goes to school. I mean, he is involved. He sees he's part of it and he gets sucked into it. Um, <clears throat> but there is a joy in giving one another the grace that Christ offers 
giving forgiveness and asking for forgiveness. Reassuring each other that our love is unconditional, but also laying down boundaries and expectations for the home so that we can learn from this and hope that we can limit this as much as possible. Joy is not fleeting if we focus on our Savior. He loves to give us everything that he offers. And I would like to leave you with a thought. Taking it even further, repentance brings us unto joy. And so does obedience. When we are obedient and adhere to the doctrine and the teachings and commandments of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there is natural joy that comes along with that. That is a natural consequence. When we repent, it's a natural consequence. When we choose the right and choose good, it's a natural consequence. And we need more joy in this world. We need more people to reflect joy and give it to others. So this is my promise to those that I come in contact with for the rest of this week. The joy that I have experienced and the healing that has come within my immediate family, within the many walls of my home, I am going to reflect that healing joy. And I'm going to do the best I can. And I will report back next time what happened, what I noticed, and what blessings came from it. You see, I trust my Father in Heaven. I trust my Savior, Jesus Christ. I trust my prophet, President Russell M. Nelson. I trust them because I spend time with them, and I've come to know them, and I've learned of them. I have often been accused of blind faith, but I say it's to the contrary, it's knowing faith. For faith cannot be had without knowledge. Knowledge leads to faith. Faith leads to knowledge. And I am grateful for the tender mercies that is given to me when the veil becomes thin and I am further taught. The joy that the Father has for us and the Redeemer is greater than anything we could imagine. But I want you to try to make it tangible. Recall a moment in your life where you've experienced such joy. Write it down. Put it in someplace special. I have a little compartment in my wallet where I put these things to pull them out and remind me of these moments whenever it's appropriate for whatever situation I'm going through. We have to work hard at being faithful and staying in the faith. We have to work hard at growing our spiritual muscles. Father and Christ understand this, and this is why they give so freely. All we must do is follow our Savior. Choose the right and then endeavor for the rest of our life to become better. And that is not going to be a linear experience. It's going to have its ups and downs. And that's why we have repentance. 
to bring us back to that source of joy and to be a reflection of that light. I really appreciate the continual and constant support of LDS Real People Real Lives. I am in multiple seasons. I've done multiple episodes and I see the good that the podcast has done. I'm grateful for Father in Heaven and His Spirit showing me this. Seeds are being laid and this is from a loving Heavenly Father and Savior Jesus Christ who love you. They want you to stay steady and focused on them. Please do not allow any superficial offense that can be found here on earth, great or small, to derail you from that path, which is going to lead you to the tree of life of joy, where you can reside and live with your Savior, Jesus Christ, for eternities. I encourage you. I cheer you on from my little sphere of the world. And please know that as I serve the Lord, I am filled with love and compassion and empathy for you. Please continue to reach out through DMs, whether it's on Instagram or TikTok. You can also email me at ldsrealpeoplerealives at gmail.com. I am always here and I am always available, looking to help strengthen my brothers and sisters to help make it back home. With great love, God bless, and please stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay faithful. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next time, much love. Thank you.